0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your
1: first three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: It is 50 degrees, 610 in the Twin Cities on actually a really very pleasant evening right now. Uh, If you've seen video from what it was like earlier today, this morning in our southern part of the state, and actually sort of around in pockets, unbelievable. It did snow in many parts of the state, especially in the south. Uh, Much of that snow pretty much gone, though, thankfully, but uh, remarkable to think of that, hey, we're almost hitting May and we're still getting hit with some of that white stuff. Well, a lot ahead on this show for this evening. Um, Coming up this hour, we are going to talk about distracted driving. There's that new law coming into effect Very soon, in just a few months, we're going to talk about that, what you need to know and how people are looking out and how these laws are being enforced now and how they will be enforced in the future. And then also we're going to talk about the risk of skin cancer, what you don't know, what you need to know. And a lot ahead here. I'll be on till 9 o'clock, so please keep it right here at News Talk 830. But we do want to start this hour With talking about distracted driving, we do know that we've got a new law that's going into effect in August that says you cannot use your cell phone. You cannot have it in your hand as you are driving. Even for navigation purposes, it's going to be out. But still, there are laws right now about distracted driving, and they are being enforced right now. And I don't know if you heard or or saw some of the coverage, but uh, they're out looking in very creative ways for you. Uh, Mike Hansen is the Director of Office of Traffic Safety at the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, and he is joining us right now. Mike, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing just great, Esme, and I uh, am enjoying a bit of this nice evening outside.
1: Yeah, it is great, and and I certainly um, – I, I hope that uh, our folks, our friends to the South are getting some relief because they, they deserve it after kind of getting blindsided this morning with some of the white stuff. But hopefully it is all melted by now. But let me ask you, Mike, in your view – how big a problem is distracted driving?
2: It's huge, Esme. It, it's, uh, you know, I hate to overuse the word, but epidemic really does uh, fit what uh, law enforcement and what everybody else is seeing on the road. All you have to do, if you spend any time on the road at all, uh, assuming you're not the driver, is just take a look at what's going on around you. You know, I make a daily commute from the West Metro to St. Paul every day, and it's not unusual for me to see literally a dozen instances of distracted driving, um, usually as a result of an electronic device, but not always, as I make that drive back and forth morning and afternoon. Um, it's a huge problem. And, you know, it's just, it's a product of, of where we are uh, in the relationship with our electronic devices. And uh, many of uh, our generations out there now have grown up with these and uh, the interaction that we have with them, it's just, it's very difficult for us to separate that, but it's also extremely distracting, which is a huge public safety issue.
1: Right. So, what are the kinds of things that you see on your commute? I'm, I'm guessing they're pretty much things that I might see, or that any anybody out there listening would see
2: well it's really anything you can imagine um you know you know distractions you know it runs the gamut of everything from uh, putting on makeup brushing uh your teeth uh eating cereal uh or anything else um you know to reading a book or reading the newspaper and then of course interacting with an electronic device that's the most common thing that we're seeing out there and then what are people doing on those electronic devices Anything you can think of from snapchatting to Facebook to watching movies to watching episodes of law and order that's just um, uh,
1: unbelievable to me I mean and, and and although and i I have to say that i'm I am guilty I, you know when the phone rings uh, yes, you know do I pick it up? Yes, I do, and I know that I'm glad the law is changing because I think, I think we'll all hopefully change our habits, but i, I it' it's, it's mind-blowing to me that somebody could be on Facebook or watching a TV show. Oh
2: yeah, exactly but again a lot of uh, the the younger generations and um you know they've they've just grown up so connected that um you know they look at drive time as an opportunity to you know reconnect with that thing but drive time is not downtime it's not catch up time it's time to pay attention And, you know, your experience, you know, when that phone buzzes or when it rings, it it triggers an actual biological response in our our human body uh, because of what we know will come if we answer that phone or look at that text. Um, it, it, it just, it creates a natural high for us. And so it's, it, this is an addiction almost, uh, and that's how we have to look at this. So enforcement certainly is going to be a huge part of this, uh, but enforcement is not going to, is not going to solve this problem. It's gotta be education and it's gotta be everybody making the effort to make that good decision behind the wheel to pay attention to what's important now. And that's that driving task.
1: Right. Well, you know, and I've heard I I mean, let's talk about the enforcement right now, because I know you've done some creative ways of trying to get at this. Uh, And I've heard uh, Colonel Langer, who's the head of the state patrol, testify a number of times about really how difficult this has been for law enforcement, because you've got somebody who's got one of these devices and they get pulled over and they say, oh, no, no, I I wasn't texting. I was just um, speaking on the phone, which is still legal. Uh, and that's been very difficult. How have you dealt with the current law? How are you continuing to deal with it? Are you stepping things up because the law is about to change? And obviously, I think more people are out and about in the summer months.
2: Uh, exactly, and and Colonel Langer, uh, he he testifies and addresses this topic uh, in a, a wonderful way, and he's right. Under the current law, certainly texting is prohibited, as is web browsing and and doing a lot of the things that people tend to do with their phones. However, uh, the the law also does not address people scrolling, looking for a phone number or looking for directions or something like that. So what the the law that goes into effect August 1st will do, it will just it's, it's a very simple law for law enforcement to enforce. It's a very simple law for the public to understand, and that's the beauty of the language uh, that came out of this process. You just can't have the phone in your hand, period. You can still talk. You can still text um, and use your navigation functions. You just need to use a single touch or voice-activated command. You just cannot have that phone in your hand. What we're doing is we're eliminating one of the three Uh, distraction functions that occur when we have that phone in our hand, and that's the mechanical or the physical distraction. Uh, When we look at driving, we look really at at three things that are affected that distract us. A visual distraction, so if we have to look at that phone, uh, it is going to uh, visually distract us from paying attention to what's going on on the road in front of us. The mechanical or physical distraction, because you're actually handling that phone or interacting with it. That's another part of it. But then the cognitive distraction, because you have to think about what is going on with that electronic device or the communication you're attempting to have. And that takes your brain away from thinking about that driving task. And so I call that the trifecta of distraction. And so we're going to take that mechanical one off the table. So hands-free does not mean distraction-free, but it, it, it eliminates one form of distraction that we as humans have to deal with.
1: Um, And I want to get to that new law uh, in in just a second. I know that, like, for instance, this past week, you were actually had people on buses looking down at people. I guess it's a lot easier to see exactly what people are doing when you're looking down, when you have a height advantage.
2: Exactly. Uh, We partner not only with the state patrol, but with over 300 agencies across the state uh, in a variety of traffic safety enforcement initiatives. And April being distracted driving month uh, that's what we are currently looking at and by putting officers in a position to have that visual advantage it eliminates that debate that takes place at the roadside or I was only looking for a phone number or I was looking at my GPS or something like that the officers are actually in a position to watch them manipulate that phone to use their thumb or whatever they're they're doing to type into it or enter data uh, things like that so it just makes it a much more effective way to do it but You know, unfortunately, we, you know, law enforcement has had to adapt and become creative in those ways, but we shouldn't have to do it. Driving is a cooperative venture. We have to work together to make our transportation system work efficiently and safely. And quite honestly, when we make that decision, that whatever is going on with that electronic device uh, is more important than traffic safety, we are being selfish, and we are not being respectful to the other folks who are sharing the road with us at that time.
1: All right. Mike Hansen is the Director of Office of Traffic Safety uh, from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. We're talking about distracted driving, about the new law that is to come. Uh, Mike, we got to take a quick break, but I do have a few more questions for you. If so you can just hang on for just a minute, we'll have more with Mike after this. You are listening to News Talk A3L. It is 622, Esme Murphy, along with uh, producer Devin Marshall. We are chatting with Mike Hansen. He is the director of the Office of Traffic Safety, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. We're talking about distracted driving, uh, the new law that's going into effect on August 1st that will not allow you to be driving a car and holding a cell phone in your hand at the same time. doesn't matter if you are trying to talk on the phone, look at it for directions, uh, text or whatever. It's, it's all going to be a, a big no. Mike, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier that, that you know it was a lot of you know young people certainly have grown up just completely attached to their phone. But I've been struck uh, by some of the coverage and some of the stories I've seen where people have been sentenced, where there have been horrific accidents and, and even deaths, where it's somebody who's older who is just a regular person who has committed this distracted driving offense that's ended up severely injuring or even you know, God forbid, killing somebody. And my thought is, you know, this is not a bad person that's done this, but somehow they've done something that is so devastating. And I'm not sure that people are thinking about that uh, when they do this.
2: You're exactly right, Esme. Nobody sets out to cause a horrific crash when they pull out of their driveway uh, or pull out of their workplace or when they, they get on the highway. But they become a victim of their habits. And if their habits include, you know, being distracted behind the wheel because of their interactions with that electronic device, the consequences can and far too often are uh, tragic, but they're completely preventable. If we look at, you know, five year statistics, on average, uh, over 50 people a year die in crashes in Minnesota because of distracted driving. And so that's why we are working very closely with our law enforcement partners and all of our educational partners uh, to get the word out that this is, it is an issue. And it's one that all Minnesota has to work together to solve. And if Minnesota follows suit with other states who have passed similar legislation, that's 50 funerals that won't happen in a year. Right. Fifty families that will not receive a death notification from a trooper, from an officer or a deputy uh, and have the worst day that they could ever imagine because a family member is not coming home anymore. And so that's really what's driving this. It's a public safety issue, and it's going to take all of us working on this to solve it. You
1: know, in in terms of, um, you know, what I was saying before, you know, and, and troopers and law enforcement officials that I've, I've talked to say, you know, really, somebody who is driving distracted is as dangerous as a drunk driver. And, and somebody who would never think of, of having four drinks and getting behind the wheel can be a distracted driver.
2: And there's a number of studies out there that that's, tend to support that correlation. Um, again if if we look at how what alcohol does to us and our decision making ability as a human being, um, some of the effects are similar to what happens when we 're distracted. but it really comes down to that that behavior that somebody engages in uh, when they get behind the wheel and the choices that they make that put them behind the wheel uh, or that they make while they uh, they are driving and so that 's really what it comes down to is making those good, solid choices. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, the law is very simple. It's easy for law enforcement to understand. It's easy for Minnesota drivers to understand. Anybody who's got questions can go to handsfreemn.org and we've got frequently asked questions and um, options for folks who are looking for. You know how do I start to make this transition? And that's the other part of our messaging: is don't wait for August first to figure out what your hands-free option is. Make that choice right now, today, right. and just change your behavior. And we will have safer roads
1: because of it. And and some of us, I mean, I, I recently purchased a car, and it's you know one of the it's a new car, and it's you know it's got the hands-free thing and like that that that's great. Our, our other cars are older. And so I, I guess what we're looking at here is one of those devices that goes attaches to the windshield, you put your phone on it and then you can um either use Siri or else you can program the directions before you leave. You're allowed under the new law right to touch the phone once? Yes,
2: yes, single touch or voice activation. And, you know, you've made a couple good points there. Uh, we always encourage people, if you're going to use a navigation function, which many, many people do, um, is to set that navigation function before uh, you depart on your trip. And that way you don't have to interact uh, with that navigation device uh, while you're on the road. And that will, uh, uh, same thing with podcasts, or if you're into uh, a music streaming uh, provider, uh, things like that, is if you set those ahead of time, that makes all the difference world you can just concentrate on the driving task
1: right and even even those um you know and they do make those those units that you attach on i'm gonna have to go and start looking for a couple of those but even even with those newer cars i mean i don't really drive it a lot and i do love you know the, the convenience and the safety aspect of it but i don't know it well enough that you know that can be distracting, too, even when you have those newer cars <laughs> and you've got oh, no, this exactly. dashboard that's so fancy in front of you, and you're kind of going huh oh I- exactly
2: and again, hands free does not mean distraction free, and everybody has to find out you know where their comfort level is and and have some familiarity with those in car systems because yes, there is an exemption for some of those systems in the new law. But it kind of comes down to just because you can doesn't always mean you should. And so we just want everybody to make sure. Here's the question, really. Everybody should ask them before they interact with with any electronic device or anything that's going to distract you is, is what I'm about to engage in that important right at this minute that I need to take my concentration and my focus away from the driving task? Is it that important that I need to do this right now?
1: Right. And 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 that's the thing and I think I think unfortunately we're so used to it. And I also think that they're going to try and aren't they beefing up the drivers ed portion for, for young people? Yeah.
2: That there's a couple of provisions that have been proposed to make their way through the legislative process um, that will uh, include the requirements for expanded distraction training in drivers ed, and uh, you know that's a good idea. We all we do have a couple of modules that we do make available to drivers ed instructors uh, that they can incorporate into their training, um, and so you know we've already laid the foundation for that. And then building on that, we have a we're we're in the midst of, of, of building a very large statewide robust public education campaign that we're going to roll out prior to the law going into effect to so again bring attention to it and help people understand what their options are and uh, you know you mentioned you know your car you can sync your phone with i drive a 2007 jeep so that is not an option with there that model year so
1: Um, I um, I have
2: to find my own option for that.
1: All right. Well, Mike Hanson, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Director of Office of Traffic Safety at the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. We certainly appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you, Esme. You really help us get this word out, and anything we can do, uh, folks can contact us directly or go to that uh, handsfreemn.org website.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It is is 6.37. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. I want to invite you to tune in to WCCO-TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m., 10.30 a.m. I'll be there live, so will Mike Augustinac with all the weather. At 10.30 a.m., our live guests are Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, and also we will have uh, Marsh Halberg, who's a, a criminal defense attorney who has been sitting in on the Mohammed Noor trial. He, of course, is uh, accused of murdering Justine Ruschek damon And we will have his analysis. That case will go to the jury on Monday. So a lot going in. Please tune in WCCO-TV Sunday, 1030 a.m. And you can also follow me uh, on Twitter at at Esme Murphy. Uh, Well, listen, this half hour here on News Radio 830, Talk Radio 830, we are going to be talking uh, with Dr. Elizabeth Farhat, who is a dermatologist with Alina Health Clinic, about skin cancer, what you need to know. Uh, Dr. Farhad is joining us right now. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, uh, first of all, you know, we tend to focus more on uh, the summer, but but can you get harmful rays in the spring and, and winter as well?
0: Definitely. You can get sun damage throughout the year. I always talk about in the winter we get that reflection off of the snow so it amplifies the sun UV rays. But also in the springtime often people forget to put sunscreen on when it's in the fifties and sixties, these early spring days that are so sunny, you can get a lot of sun damage on those cool but sunny days. Okay.
1: And and while, you know, obviously we, we do have a diverse population here or in, in our Upper Midwest region. We also have a lot of people of German and Scandinavian descent who have fair complexions or Irish descent like myself, uh, who are very fair. Uh, my, my poor child has both German and Irish, and she's extremely fair. Are, are they – are we more vulnerable if we have that whiter skin?
0: Definitely. So people with lighter, pale skin or freckly skin have less natural protection from the sun and are more likely to burn, and that burning and is actual UV damage to the DNA that's in your skin. And so those are the people that absolutely need to get the sunscreen on and sun protection, even
1: in the spring and winter. But conversely, people of color, even people who are... Um... You know, and, and obviously, there's a range of people from very dark-skinned African Americans to, you know, people who are lighter-skinned African Americans to to people who are Asian, uh, more olive-complected. They can still get skin cancer, can't they?
0: They can. And I have seen all different ethnicities develop both melanoma and non-melanoma skin cancer. So just because you have darker skin, I still recommend protecting yourself from the sun. Often people with darker skin don't use sunscreen because they aren't getting burnt, but then they end up with more cumulative sun damage because they've gone out without that sunscreen versus the fair skin people, you know, as soon as they get a sunburn, they're going to start protecting themselves. So I often see people with those darker tan skins ending up with even more sun damage because they haven't needed to protect. Themselves as much as the fair skinned people.
1: So, even if you're somebody who, who does not burn very easily at all and you have darker skin, you can still get skin cancer.
0: Correct. So, any type, any time that your skin gets tan or darker, that is DNA damage. So, people of any ethnicities can get skin cancer. Um, I've seen it in all different ethnicities.
1: All right. And you talked about melanoma and non melanoma. Explain the difference.
0: So melanoma is typically one of the dark spots that ends up either popping up or starting out as a mole that's changed. And it's usually a dark spot that's darker than your other spots. We talk about the ABCs of melanoma. A is for asymmetry, which means one side doesn't look like the other. B is for irregular border. C is for the color. So really dark color or multiple colors. D is for the diameter greater than a pencil eraser or six millimeters. And E is for evolution. So changing, bleeding or growing. And then non-melanoma skin cancer is those basal cells and squamous cells. Those are those sores that just don't heal over. So if you've got a spot that just keeps scabbing over, if you have anything that's really itchy or painful, that can be a warning sign for a non-melanoma skin cancer. But often they, they'll just be a little bump that'll pop up and not go away. So some people tell me they had a bug bite that never healed over or an acne bump that never went away. That's always a warning sign to me.
1: Oh, so you, you may think, hey, I've got a bug bite or I've got, you know, this is just a pimple or something like that. And- exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, right. But it's it's normally a bug bite would go away after a few months or okay. a, a pimple would go away. So these are those persistent areas that just don't heal over.
1: Right. And, and how quickly did these pop up? So they
0: can, I mean, they really can pop up within a matter of months. Um, I've, I have patients that I'll see for a skin check and then, a, you know, three months later, they'll notice a new spot pop up. They say that one-third of melanomas develop in existing moles, and two-thirds are in are new spots that pop up. So often I'll have patients that say I'll, they've had the mole forever, and then it just changed. Um, so that's always okay. concerning. Even a mole that you've had for years and years and years, if it just starts to look different, that's always a warning sign to me.
1: Oh, okay, because... It- you know, there are a lot of people who have moles and are born with moles, and and exactly, yeah. If, if that if that can you know suddenly change, then that's a warning sign. When is it? Um, and I I you know I know many people who've had them removed, and you know things have been fine, and they go around with a bandage on their nose or you know on their side of their cheek or their ear, and everything is fine. But I also have known people who have gotten skin cancer where it has been. Shockingly aggressive and and, and uh, turned fatal and it, it's unless you've seen it I, I think it's uh, it, it's it, it was really scary and, and yeah, horrible and and just just it's heartbreaking terrible. I mean it was so aggressive things got so big the, the tumors got so big it was just horrible um, how often does it become that kind of an aggressive cancer or are those two separate things help me walk through that.
0: So it all depends on the stage of the, it, that's typically going to be a melanoma and it depends on the stage of the melanoma. So the, the, Really great news is that if it's caught early, so like a stage 1A melanoma, the five-year survival rate is 98%. But if you're caught in stage 4 melanoma when they first catch it, which is that metastatic melanoma, the five-year survival rate drops down to 20%. So that's why we're really encouraging people to get screened and to catch things really early because they're very easy to treat if we can catch them early.
1: It is Let me ask you this. Is the stage 4 melanoma, is that... A, a huge spot or can it be just one of those little small ones too? So it could be a small
0: spot because the way that it travels, it actually travels from the skin internally and it travels through your lymph node system. So similar to breast cancer, the lymph node system drains your body and it would just travel into that lymph node system and then throughout your body.
1: Okay. So it doesn't necessarily, I mean, just because you have a tiny little spot that's, that's maybe irregular, it, That could be really one of the bad ones.
0: It could be, but typically if it's a really small spot, we typically are able to just take care of it um, with surgery.
1: Okay. And and is it something that that runs in families? Yes. So melanoma definitely
0: can run in families. So if you have a first-degree relative with melanoma, I always recommend getting your skin checked. So that would be a mother, father, or a sibling.
1: Okay. And and, uh, what are some of the warning signs that that you might have a more aggressive form of melanoma?
0: Um, So the warning signs would be things that are bleeding. So anytime something's bleeding, that's always very concerning to me. If if you notice any swellings around the area, especially in those lymph node areas, that would also be a warning that it's spread further than just into the skin.
1: Got it. Um, In terms of the treatment of, of skin cancer, how are we doing there? Um, uh, obviously, we know about prevention and, uh, you know, sunscreens, that kind of thing. But 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 how are we doing when it comes to treatment?
2: Well, I
0: think it's a great, I mean, a very exciting time for skin cancer because there are so many treatment options out there. Early-stage skin cancer can be either treated with surgery, so either vision, Uh, We have Mohs surgery available for skin cancers, non-melanoma skin cancers on the face, and that's where they sample small pieces of skin and they test it while you wait so that they know they get all the skin cancer out. And then after that, there's a lot of different new treatment options for that metastatic melanoma that we talked about. There's a lot of new medications that work on the immune system just to boost up the immune system to help get rid of that melanoma.
1: All right, listen, um, we're chatting with Dr. Elizabeth Farhat. She's a dermatologist at Alina Health Clinic. Um, We have to take a quick break, Dr. Farhat, uh, but when we come back, I'd like to ask you more specifically about sunscreens because this time of year, it seems like every shelf at Target is piled with sunscreens, and you're kind of looking at them going, what should I do? What should I put on my children? What should I put on my baby? What should I put on, you know, myself? Uh, So we'll be back with Dr. Elizabeth Farhat after this on News Talk A3O. This is uh, 649 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy chatting with Dr. Elizabeth Farhat. She's a dermatologist at the Lina Health Clinic. We're talking about skin cancer. And, and uh, Dr. Farhat, I, I should you know get to something a little bit more basic here. I was chatting with our producer, Devin, in the break here, and he was talking about uh, a friend of his brother who passed away from skin cancer. And, and he was saying... He didn't realize people could pass away from skin cancer, and it can be deadly. That's why we're talking about this. I mean, do people sometimes not understand how serious it can be?
0: I, I do agree. I think people think, oh, it's just on the skin, but definitely, I think it's like 8,000 people die from melanoma a year, so it's a very deadly disease.
1: Right, and and as I said, you know, in the, my relative, I just, the tumors were just enormous uh, in the advanced stages. I mean, it, it was... They spread very, very quickly. It was really just horrifying to see. Um, l- let me ask you, help us out here with sunscreen because we we go to Target and maybe we've got you know we're, we're shopping for ourselves or maybe we've got you know the husband's playing golf so you want him to get some. You've got a, a, a child, a baby, an infant, uh, or a grandchild, or you've got some kids that are going swimming. Help us out with sunscreen because there are so many products out there and then there are so many SPFs. What should we, what should we be looking for and how often should we apply in critical situations? You know, let's say a small child at a pool and maybe somebody playing around a golf who's not wearing a hat. Uh, help us out there.
0: Sure. So I always recommend sunscreen SPF 30 or higher, 30 That's or a high. sun protection factor, and then make sure it's broad spectrum, which means it has UVA and UVB coverage. And then also that it's water resistant. So even obviously when you're swimming, but even when you're just out and sweating, it won't wear off. And you do need to reapply every one to two hours, which is pretty frequent when you're out and about, but it definitely wears off they did have a recent study that showed that even higher spf is better when you actually when you use it so it may be worthwhile to invest in spf 50 or 100 if you are able to and then the main thing i recommend is just getting it on your kids there was a recent study that showed that if you apply sunscreen to your children it can reduce the risk of melanoma by 40% in young adults
1: wow okay and and this is something i mean isn't it true that that the damage you get as as a child can kind of creep up on you later <laughs> in, in middle age and, and, and old age, which is sort of the depressing thought.
0: Yeah. So it's cumulative. So it's all of that sun adds up over time. The sunburns you had as a child and teenager do cause issues as you get older and that sun damage does surface as your body is unable to repair that DNA damage.
1: Okay. And I'm just, you know, I'm old enough to remember, I, I it wasn't quite my era, but it was, I remember teenagers when I was a little kid, slathering themselves with baby oil and sitting in one of those I don't even know if they exist anymore but they're like aluminum foil like yes a trifold thing and it was just yep. <laughs> oh my gosh and I, I remember thinking oh my gosh they were so cool and I wanted to be like them and then and then of course I'm somebody who is very very fair-skinned and so I just I'm not a tanner at all And, uh, you know, so I just was never able to do that, thank goodness. But I I remember thinking, oh, those people were so cool. And now I kind of wonder where they are and, and how they're doing. And then, of course, there were people, you know, of my stepfather and mother's generation who didn't, you know, went golfing for hours or spent, you know, hours gardening and didn't wear, you know, hats or protection. And that's another thing. A hat can help, too.
0: Yes, I love sun protective clothing. So there's hats and then there's those UPF clothing, so sun shirts, swim guards, rash guards that are really great just to wear because then you don't have to reapply it when you're wearing that sun protective clothing and those wide brim hats.
1: Right. And then very soon, um, you know, obviously we've got the fishing openers, and I think a lot of people here, I think a lot of people, it's deceptive here in Minnesota because especially in the spring, it can be sunny out, but it's cooler, so you don't really think about the sun's rays coming down, but... Just if it's like 50 or 60, it could still be just as strong, right?
0: Definitely. I've gotten people come into clinic with sunburns
1: just from the spring sun. Right, and, and and with the fishing opener coming up. So I want to go over that again. So 30 or higher and then look for is broad spectrum. I feel like I've seen that on the label. Is that?
0: Yes, it would be on the label.
1: So 30 or higher, broad spectrum, and then you said water resistant? Correct. Water resistant, okay. Um, so, in other words, if you're sweating or, or whatever, but even so, you should apply it every one to two hours. One to two hours, and and yeah. I would think, especially, um, you know, if somebody's swimming um, or for children, that that, that would be um, especially important. Well, listen, these are these are all really really good precautions because obviously the season is coming up, and for those of us who are fair, you got to. You're you're going to get it more.
0: Yeah, I protected, yeah. And I just wanted to give a shout-out. May 6th is Melanoma Monday, so there are free skin cancer screenings all over the state. You can Google it, look it up. We have ours at Alina Health. Oh, wow. And if people want to call for an appointment, I have the phone number. It's 651-241-9776. And so you do need an appointment, but they are free skin cancer screening. So if we've scared you from this interview, you should
1: checked out. <laughs> okay, so th- that number is 651 241 9776. And then yes. is, is there a website as well?
0: Um, there's not a website, but if you, the different clinics that have it do have the information on the website. But if you call the number, they'll get you scheduled and um, get you screened.
1: All right, Thank you so much. Uh, we certainly appreciate your insights oh, and, and great you. advice. Great advice about um, skin care and, and also, you know, what kinds of sunscreen to use. And then also, yes, the fair skin people are in trouble, but y- you folks who have the, that wonderful dark skin, you're a risk too. So, <laughs> so don't think you're immune. All right. Well, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate your expertise.
0: Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. All right, folks.
1: Uh, All right, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Coming up in our next hour, we're going to talk with some addiction specialists about addiction to alcohol and, and when you should know when you're in trouble, what kinds of resources are out there for both men and women, and what you should basically know. Uh, and then also, uh, coming up at seven thirty five we're going to talk about with an expert about community supported agriculture. Do you know what that is? It's pretty cool. I haven't done it for a few years, but it's those farms that that allow you to have a share of the farm or a share of the proceeds for a price you pay them for the work and then you get kind of the bounty and it's really taken off and it's it includes flowers and produce and even even some meats. Uh, and different kinds of things, honeys, uh, it's it's really gotten kind of a big, big situation. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going to chat with Professor Stephen Shear of Carleton College about uh, this week in politics. Obviously, a lot going on with the entrance of Joe Biden into the presidential race. And again, I do want to invite you to, t- to tune in to WCCO-TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m., 10.30 a.m., uh, 6 a.m., Mike Augustinac and I will be there. We'll have the full news weather. And at 10.30 a.m., I'll have two live guests. One will be Representative Ilhan Omar from Minneapolis. And also uh, we'll have Marsh Hallberg, who is a criminal defense attorney. He is going to break down the latest on the Mohamed Noor trial, who is accused of killing Justine Rushek-Damon. Keep it here. News Talk 830.